Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Today, I've come with a little bit of mission, um, not just to entertain you and not just to... um, you know, preach a, a sermon, preach a message, but it's way more than that today. I've come to ignite you. I've come to get you ready for what God has for you. Now, as I was watching this movie, Black Panther, just kind of set the stage, it's all about this, this title and this identity as a king. And take this ordinary man now understands that he is heir to the throne. He's already understood that, but heir to the throne. And now it's his time to step into that identity. And I've come today to make you aware of who you are. Some of y'all are living like peasants, and God's called you a king. Some of you live in waiting for life to happen, And I'm here to let you know, you are to make it happen. Waiting on a move of God. Where's the move? I'm here to let you know, you are the move of God. Uh, Y'all ain't ready. All right, let's go. Would you stand to your feet? If you're able, we're going to read the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, If you have your Bibles, please turn there. If you have your light-up Bibles, light them up. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to start in verse 24. Um, This is a scripture that you might be familiar with. Uh, It's Paul encouraging the Corinthians. And uh, he says this, he says in verse 24, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, one that will waste away. But we, an imperishable, an eternal, something that lasts forever. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not just beating the air, but I discipline my body. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for how powerful it is. Thank you for how it searches us deeper than any other human words or human book or literature. God, I thank you that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And we just pray that today you would look down deep in our hearts, cut away things that distract us from being everything you've called us to be, and God put in things that we need in order to step out and what you've identified us as. We love you, God. Change us from the inside out that we would be the change in our world. We love you, God. We're obsessed with you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks for reading the word of God. Do you not know that in a run, all runners run, but only one receives the prize? Man, I hate running. I don't know if you're with me. Any other people in the room do not like running. I think there's a majority of us. Some of you are the superheroes in the room. 
and you know we all bow to you and say you're amazing you love running or you love the the thrill or what i'm like hey unless there's food or i'm late for something running is silly it's very silly for me um so but running is one of those things that if you've ever been in a race now one thing about this is competition does crazy things to me i'm very competitive um, and I hear giggling because I, I think some of you have played either games with us or been places where we've been in competition. <laughs> and it's just one of those things like when competition hits, I come alive. I'm like, oh, there's a prize? Or even, it doesn't even need a prize. Just give me honor of winning. I'm good. That's all I need. Competition is amazing. If you've ever been in a race, I remember back in the day, um, and this was like kindergarten, but we had this um, thing on our, I know I still remember, that's how competitive I am. We had this race on the playground and there was this big field and everybody was running and, and it was everybody involved in that class. And so I remember being with my classmates and just being on that line ready to go. Thinking inside, even as a young kid, thinking inside, okay, we are all running, but only one of us is gonna be dubbed the winner. And I want to be that winner. It's how I approach everything in life. I want to win. Anybody a witness? Does anybody else like to win? Like more than life itself, you like to win. I love winning. It's amazing. What a feeling when you get that prize, when you get that, that, that honor of every saying, wow, he's fast, or he's the best, or he's number one. I think we've passed it down to my kids now because Zion is a, uh, I'll name not so much because she's a princess and she could like care less as long as you just laugh at her and love her. She, she's okay. Or give her gifts. You know, she loves gifts, but she's okay with that. But Zion has definitely caught the competitive nature and everything that he gets into is always a competition. <laughs> and I watched this throughout his conversations with his little friends because every time they're together, they could be playing anything, you know, whether house or, I don't know, like Spider-Man or whatever. And he's like, he always throws in that little bit of, hey, let's see who can do it first. Or, hey, let's see who can do it the fastest. Or, hey, let's see who can build the strongest. Like he's always creating that competition in it. And I think one of the biggest places we go lax is the way we run this Christian race. If we could just be totally honest and real in this space, we are competitive in a lot of different things in our life. And, and you might be here today and, you know, you, you have your job or you have, you know, the way you raise your kids. You know, I think competition can even go into how you raise your kids and whose kid is the best. And maybe you're not as crazy as I am. But these are the thoughts that go through my head. Like, competition is, is everywhere. And Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, hey, everybody's running this race. Everybody's living this walk with God. But you run with, an in, with something inside of you that doesn't just run to keep up with everybody else and do this Christian walk just as everybody else does it. But there's something different about you and it needs to set you apart to run to win. So what is that? What is that something inside of us that causes us to go beyond what's asked beyond what's just normal, beyond what we see across the board, but to step into this life of seeing our walk with God, to seeing this mission here in our city, in our families, in our jobs, 
as something that we are running to win. He goes on. In verse 26, he says, Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I think we take a lot of times as human beings planning out, structuring, strategizing. We plan our vacays. We plan our days off. We plan the way that we're going to spend our time and energy in the day. We spend time running through our to-do lists and what we're going to eat, any other foodies in the building. You know, me and my wife, we know what we're going to have at the end of the week. We know where we're going to go. Well, sometimes we just run off Ashley's cravings, okay? Because sometimes she just acts like a pregnant woman and just needs it right then, right there. And it was really bad when she was pregnant, let me tell you. Because all of a sudden, she would just need spinach omelets right then and right there. And I'm like, all right, got to go to the store, get some spinach, get some eggs, let's go. But sometimes we just kind of go off the bat. But there's a lot of things that we spend a lot of time planning out, strategizing, structuring. And Paul says, this is how I deal with my life with Christ. This is how I approach living out my purpose. This is how I live out my identity. I don't run as one who's just aimless, but I set a course. I set a course. And I think that starts with us knowing who we are. Man, if you're in here and you've said yes to Jesus and you're a child of the king and you're a son or a daughter that knows, he knows you by name and you're, you're called according to his purposes, then you know God has set you apart for great things. You know it comes with the territory that we are not just here to inhabit the world, we are here to invade it with heaven. We're not here just to be here. We didn't, you know, and I think about change. We didn't plant this church just to inhabit Punchline on Sundays. It's not something that we're just setting up at a cool event for people to come to and say, wow, that was a cool experience. Like we're here to invade earth with heaven because how many know that where heaven is, good things happen. Where heaven is, miracles take place. Where heaven is, kingdom things work properly. And so all, everything that we do, Paul's saying, I run aimed at something. I don't run just aimless. I don't just go through life hoping things happen, but I am going to run and discipline my body. Now, I brought my boxing gloves. Y'all don't know this about me, but I'm a fighter. I'm joking. I'm, I'm not. I'm more of a lover. But back in the day, I used to be really in shape and go punch a punching bag and stuff. Can't even fit in these. Wow, my hands have grown. But I used to, I used to get into like the whole like martial arts, and I did. Uh, anybody was anybody ever into Thai bow? I'm dating myself. But there was Thai bow, and it was like, whoa! You know how to fight. You know how to like discipline, you know, to like be that person that has self-defense. If anybody jumped out of the bush, I take them down, you know? Just these random thoughts that come into your head once you know this stuff. It's like, man, who needs pepper spray when you got these things, you know? Ready to go. But Paul was saying, hey, some of us, we just, we, we go through life aimless, not thinking about much, not thinking about the call of God. We might consider it, 
We might even be praying over it, but we're not determined to get to that point where God has called us. We don't do things structurally, strategically, putting things in place, renewing our mind. We don't do things intentionally to get to that point where we're hitting the mark every time. And so what happens is we go through life and all of a sudden storm comes and we just, ah, get out of nowhere. Where is it coming from? I don't even know. Have you ever felt like that? It's like, whoa, storm, storm. And Paul said, hey, I don't train in a way just to beat the air. I know my target. I know who I am. I know what I'm aiming for. I know I'm a king. And I love the line in the movie where it says, you choose to be the king you want to be. And I love that because I think it's such a message to us as children of God. You choose how you want to represent the king. How are you repping him? And maybe you're in this space and you're like, Elijah, listen, I don't even know about the whole Jesus thing. Like someone dragged me to church, you know, they told me about this. We're going to watch a movie. They told me there's popcorn and snow cones. <laughs> and that's why I'm here. I was disappointed because there's no snow cones today. But there's candy, holla. And that's why I'm here. And, that, and hey, that's okay. Because we're all on a journey, right? We're all getting to this space. But can I just tell you that when Jesus comes into your life and he radically shapes you, it is your decision then how you will represent him well. How will you rep the king? And that's what I want to encourage you with today is to think about who you are. Think about whose you are. I think how are we repping the king? There are some strategic things that you need to do in order to get to the place of living out your purpose. Now, we say that a lot around here, living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. It's our, it's our, it's our heart, it's our core, it's what we do as a church because we truly believe that when Jesus comes in, he changes you to be the change. We don't, we're not just saved so that we can gather as Christians and be like, kumbaya, my Lord, hallelujah, kumbaya. You don't keep it in this one space where nobody knows, but now we're saved so we feel good together. No, I believe that Jesus changes us so that we can go and invade earth with what he has in his heart. And so when you live out your purpose, though, the only way you can do that is to truly know who you are, is to know who you are in God and is to, and is to carry his glory and his presence well. And this mission is just getting started. Like here we are in Fishtown, invading this neighborhood with Jesus, raising up a generation of people who know who they are. But this is just the start. It's just the start. Can you imagine with me when there are campuses all across the city, people understanding who they are, invading earth with heaven? Woo! And you take it back to New Jersey, take it back to Wilmington, you take it back to the spaces that God has called you to. And so his, his presence just doesn't stay in a campus, but it's released throughout the city. It's released throughout your job. It's released throughout your school. But it starts with you knowing what is the destiny that God has called you to. What's the destination that he's called you to?
he comes into the bat cave for lack of a different, I don't know what to call it, but it's a little cave and comes in and his sister has designed this full suit for him. It's a new suit and it's all encompassing in this necklace that he wears. And when he places on this, this necklace of, of silver teeth, I don't know what to call it, right? Because I'm not, I'm not deep, you know, in the knowing. But when he puts this on, it becomes his full suit of armor. And I'll look at um, the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Oh, first off, I'm sorry. Let's go back to John, because you have to get this before we go into Ephesians. So John chapter 15, verse 16. If you're turning in your Bibles, turn there with me. John 15, verse 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Man, that is such knowledge that can set a lot of us free because I believe that there's such a mindset in our culture where God is this mad God. He's this mad God that needs you to step it up so that you can come into his presence. Step it up so you can come to church. can't tell you how many people I invite to church and their response to my invitation is, what do I need to wear? Like, what? What do I need to wear? Do I need to dress up? And I think we've gotten so confused of, of who God is. And the church sometimes can misrepresent what it is to come to God. Because he calls us just as we are. In fact, it says, I chose you. I mean, let that set you free for a second. You didn't choose him. He chose you. He looked for you. He searched you out. Can you remember back to the time? If you've already accepted Jesus and you've been with him for a while, can you remember back to the time when someone invited you in? And maybe you were blessed. Maybe you grew up in it. Maybe you had parents that poured into you. He knew you and he chose you. He picked you out from the rest. He set you apart so that you could be appointed. He says, I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Go and bear fruit. Now, back at our old place that we just sold, um, we had this tree that produced fruit. We had three trees. Two of them produced fruit, and one of them produced this weird stuff we don't know. It was sick. Sick tree, okay? Needed as a doctor. I don't know if they have a tree doctor. We need to get it on it. We had an apple tree and a peach tree. Now, the peach tree, oh my word. Can I tell you that when this peach tree was ripe and it had these peaches that were nice and big and juicy, they were the best peaches you've ever had in your life. Now, when you walk up to these trees, you can know what type of tree it is just by the fruit that's hanging on the branches. You can know. Well, that's a peach tree because there's peaches hanging off the branches. I want to ask you today, can people know who you are by the fruit that's coming out of your life? Do people know that you're a king's kid and that you carry the kingdom of God with you by the fruit that comes out of your mouth, out of your heart, out of your culture? And that's not to condemn you. It's to motivate us, to push us. Like Paul said, 
He said, hey, don't run away just to be aimless and I'll just make it through. And when I get the opportunity, I'll take it. No, be aimed, be focused to say, how can I represent him well? He says, I chose you and not just to choose you to be a spoiled, rotten kid. I chose you to appoint you so that you may go and bear fruit. It's time to bear some fruit. So look at your life. How are you bearing fruit right now? This is a great question to ask yourself. As a Christ follower, or even those of you who maybe you haven't accepted Jesus in your heart yet, maybe you're on that journey still, but still ask yourself, what is the fruit that's coming out of my life? Does it represent my tree well? Does it represent my name well? And in this movie, he, he is, he's literally taking on the mantle that his father passed down to him. It's this mantle of being a king, of protecting, protecting Wakanda. And he goes on, he says, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. There's a beauty about this eternal reward that we're to get. It's amazing when you think about what Jesus has set up. And when he went to heaven, he didn't just go just to wait and see like, all right, what are they going to do with this? How's it going to go? He went to prepare a place for us to come and be with him forever. And that's a beauty. That's our hope. That's our, we celebrate that hope that Jesus went, but he's coming back for his, his, his children. He's coming back for those who have accepted him as their Lord and Savior. And so we get ready. We do what we can. But can I just ask you, man, what are you doing while your father is gone to prepare a place for him to come back to? How are we representing this message well? And then you go into Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. In order to face this life well, you need the armor of God. You need to clothe yourself in power every day. To clothe yourself to be one who is girded, one who has protection, one who is focused on something, knowing that the protection is there so you can charge ahead strong. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. These next couple weeks are super strategic for you. You have such an incredible calling on your life. Let me repeat that so it sets in. 
You have an incredible calling on your life. It's not a call to blend in. It's not a call just to be another Christian. It's not a call just to be one who goes to church, who tithes, who reads their word. It's not a call just to be another Christ follower. I am calling you today to a new level of not just running the race, because all runners run. All runners use self-discipline to make sure that they're in line to train for the day, but only one wins the prize. And I'm calling you to run as to win. Run as to win. Run as to win. To look at your life, to look at those around you, and do whatever it takes to make sure the kingdom of God is repped well. And I want to ask us, because these next couple weeks are super strategic for you. And me and my family, we, whenever we're making a decision or coming to a place of wanting to go deeper in the things of God, we always do a fast. We fast and we pray. And we find this in the scripture all throughout where Jesus is talking to his disciples. And when he mentions fasting, he's always talking about this next level of prayer. And it's not just a prayer that's on the surface, but it's a prayer that goes deeper. In fact, there was a time where the disciples couldn't cast out a demon. And they're very, they're struggling with it and saying, Jesus, why can't we do this? This is so annoying. Like, why? Why can't, why aren't we able to? He said, oh, that type is only done by fasting and prayer. It's that next level. And so these next couple weeks, as we prepare for this season of moving mountains and really stepping into it intentionally, I want to call you to a new level of desperation for him. And not just a level where we love him more, because I think that's so important, but a level where we carry his heart. Like, like whenever I watch one of those commercials, it's about the kids in Africa, and they don't have food, and they don't have shelter, and it comes on with that really pad-type music with the beautiful piano. You know what I'm talking about. And I catch the heart, and I get it. And it's like, $1 a day will feed this kid for a year. And it's like, what? Your heart starts to break for it. I wonder what would happen if we asked God to show us a picture of how he sees the world, of how he sees our neighborhood, of how he sees our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> how he sees people around us. How he sees the broken and the hurt. What does he see? And what would happen to us if we got a picture of that? We say, you know what, God? We want to carry your heart well. And who you've called us is king. Who you've called us is to carry your kingdom everywhere we go. To not just run aimless. To not just run in a way that's like, oh, whatever happens. But God, to run in a way that we're aimed towards something. To see our world changed in the name of Jesus. And what would happen if we caught that fire? What would happen in your life 
if you caught that fire, if you got ignited for the things of God, and it not just became just something where you do it on a weekend, or even something that you just do a little you know, time in the Word of God in the mornings, but what if it was a prep time where you were getting amped up for your day, saying, God, get me ready for opportunities coming my way, because you knew the armor of God that you wore, and if you know what you wear, and you know who you are, you come into situations differently. I'm sorry, when I have a suit and tie on, I walk differently. Sometimes I feel stupid because I don't like to dress up. But when I put my suit and tie on, woo, I know, yeah, especially that skinny one, you know, that's like real nice and I know who I am. When we carry the armor of God, when we know who we are, when we, in the mornings, when we get prepped and say, God, today, show me your heart, show me your ways, and let me step into every situation looking at opportunities to spread your word. Because I'm not running aimless, I'm running to bear fruit. I'm not running just to run, I'm running to win. I'm running to win. When I get to heaven, you say, well done, good and faithful servant. He doesn't say, what did you do? And that's what drives me. I don't want to get to heaven. And Jesus shows me all the things I could have done, all the people that I could have reached, all the dreams that I could have accomplished in his name. I don't want to do that. Do you? Do you want to stand before your father? And he says, listen, you did okay, but this is what you could have done. This is why I set you in that neighborhood. This is why I had you have that job. I know you were frustrated. It wasn't enough to make ends meet. I get it. But I had you there for a reason. I have to ask us, when are we going to open our eyes and see what he sees? When are we going to carry the, the presence of God with us to look for opportunities to ignite those around us, to spread his love, to let the fruit come and be born so that people can look at us and see that's the child of the king. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. So Paul says, man, I don't box aimlessly, beat in the air. I'm getting precise with my hits. I'm getting precise with the way that I pray. I'm getting precise with the way that I invite, I encourage. I look out for opportunities to spread the word of God. I look for ways. I look for opportunities. The other day we were in a job. Um, so we own a creative firm. And so we're doing video and stuff. We're in the middle of doing B-roll. This guy rolls up and is just like, yo, brother, man, look at that rig. That rig is awesome. You know, and we're just like, oh, yeah, because we get that a lot. You know, when you have a big old rig, everybody starts to look and ask questions and stuff like that. But I really felt my spirit, it was an opportunity. And that Byron needed the presence of God right then and there. And so we stopped everything. What would happen if every opportunity that came your way that looked like an obstacle, right? Because I'm in the middle of something. I'm filming for a client, okay? You get me? You get me? I got a to-do list. I got things to accomplish. And that's why one of our biggest core values here at Change is relationship over regimen. Because Jesus always stopped for the one. He always stopped for relationship. It was always about the one person who needed an encounter to change their course of life. And we stopped and we prayed for Byron. It's a beautiful moment. What would happen if God invaded your world so much, invaded your heart and the fire and the passion that he carries always, and that the Holy Spirit groans over us 
The Bible says the Holy Spirit prays so intensely over you. It's like groaning you'll never understand. That's how deep it is. That's how much he cares about what's going on in your life. That's how much he cares about you coming alive to your purpose. We don't say it to sound cool. It's God's absolute mission for us. He said, go and make disciples. So today God wants to ignite you. He wants to light you up. I remember when I was in youth and I was a, I was a youth and we were at youth convention and it was a beautiful time. Um, and every night, you know, there's altar calls where you come down. But I remember the night when someone was speaking, it was like, hey, picture your friends, the, the friends that don't know me, picture them going to hell. Get that picture in your heart because that's what God sees and that's why he's so desperate about it. And I remember that night, God ignited my heart. And I said, wow, I don't care what it takes. Woo, still go back to that moment. But I remember viewing what God sees and seeing my friends crawling out saying, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you take a moment? Why didn't you stop and share it with me? Woo! God wants to ignite us because it's time we stop just living as normal runners and as normal peasants. Dear Lord, you're a child of the King and it's time to rep him well. It's time to bear fruit. It's time to look around and say, God, what do you have for me? God, where's the opportunities? I'm invading earth with heaven. Now give me opportunities today. And be careful because that's a dangerous prayer because he'll give it to you. And you might see him as ob obstacles. Like, oh, this day was so full of people getting in the way. Right, this person and this person and this. If you stop, you realize heaven is moving things so that you can come in the midst of them and invade earth with heaven. Open your eyes. It's time to train in a way that we get ready to bear fruit. I'm sorry, I'm intense today. If this is your first time, I love you. Let's go out for coffee, I'll encourage you. We'll talk, I wanna hear your story. If you're still making that decision with Jesus, hallelujah, I love you. But man, can I just talk to us? This is more than just getting saved from our past. God saves us to our future. He saves us to our purpose. And as time as the church, we wake up to see God is calling us to bear fruit on earth. So put on the full armor of God. So today, whoo, long-winded preacher, will you stand to your feet all across this room? I want to take a moment and just really get into his presence. I believe Holy Spirit has totally set this day apart. And if you're here, awesome. That was so strategic on Holy Spirit's part. He always knows what he's doing. He woke you up today, got you out of bed on a summer day. And he, he, you're in church for a reason. Because today God's going to light you up. He's going to ignite you. And those in this room that you say, I want God's heart in me. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to know it. I want to go through my world differently. I want to go through my job, my school differently. If that's you, would you just surrender to God and say, God, would you show me your heart? Would you show me your heart? Would you show me what you see? Would you show me how desperate you are to touch earth with your love, with who you are, with those that have been neglected and abandoned, 
but those that don't know who they are because of someone else's words or someone else's abuse that stole something from them. God, reveal it to us. You're so madly in love with your children. We didn't choose you. You chose us and you chose them. You chose people like Byron to step into my path so I could reveal heaven to him. You chose that situation. You chose that moment. God, show us. Show us your heart. Show us your heart. All across this room, reveal your heart to us. Reveal your heart to us. Reveal your heart to us, Father. Reveal your heart to us, Father. <laughs> reveal your passion to us, Jesus. How desperate you are to see people know you. People to know you. People to know you. And God, we know sometimes the message of the gospel gets so distorted by other people's views, by other people's religions, by, by what they've experienced in church or experienced through another Christian. And so God, we gotta try extra hard to bear good fruit. We gotta try extra hard to redefine how they see you. We gotta try extra hard to show selfless, unconditional love. We have to try extra hard to show hope. But God, we know that it's you living in us. Excess flows out of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, it's all across the room. Would you just press into him? Just love on him right now. Just thank him for who he is. Thank him for that vision. Thank you for that passion. Man, God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. I can walk right through it. You rescue me so I can stay that I am a child of God, yes. Sing, I am a child of God. Sing, I am a child of God. And I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I just want to pray over you. Just release God's boldness in you. That this week, you're like the Black Panther that's protecting, that's looking out for opportunities to reach out, to bear fruit, to give his love and his glory, his anointing entrance into the world. How many know that he's coming in a way that we've not seen him yet? But it comes through us. It comes through us. It comes through the way that we love. It comes through the way that we selflessly give. It comes through the way that we walk for A21 walk. And we walk representing that we're a voice for the voiceless. It comes in the way that we reach out to those that are neglected, hurt, abandoned. Nobody wants to talk or be around. 
comes in the way that we hug and embrace and love and give and no one else does. Woo! I love my family. You love our family? It's a good family. Can I just encourage you? We're just getting started, but it starts with us. Let me encourage you this week, every morning, put on the full armor of God. Just mentally in his presence, step into that to know who you are. Put on the helmet of faith, breastplate of righteousness. Come on, shield, oh, the shield of faith. Sorry, the helmet of salvation, that's what it is. Because the mind has to be redeemed and saved and set free. Shield of faith, sword of the spirit. Feet fitted with the readiness comes from the gospel of peace. Let's go. I'm ready. God, we love you. And I just release right now just a boldness over this room. Thank you so much for these individuals that are in this space. God, that are coming alive to their purpose, knowing who they are and knowing your heart. God, reveal to us how you see our world. Reveal to us how you see our schools and our jobs and our families. Those individuals that maybe rub us the wrong way, God, reveal to us how you see them so that we bear good fruit, so that we bear your fruit. We love you, Father. We just thank you for who you are and what you're doing. In your name we pray, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.